On today's Prep Rally podcast, we will recap Gentry quarterback Chris Bell's record-tying 99-yard touchdown pass and also J.T. Miller of Rogers with his game-winning 38-yard field goal to beat Fayetteville 29-28. It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. And welcome to the Prep Rally Podcast. I'm Chip Souza with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. What a great day. Boys, did you know this is a national holiday? Uh, and why? It's Leland Barclay's birthday. He's 97 years old. This is a national holiday today. So we need to give him a happy birthday shout out. I'd rather have a cookie cake. <laughs> oh, me too. That does sound How old are you, Leland? 63 and, and uh, 63 going on about... 15 sometimes, according to my wife. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> right there that. with you. Yeah, right there, right there with, with you. I think we all hear that one. Yeah. So I'm joined today by Henry Apple, Paul Boyd, Ricky Fires, and the birthday boy, Leland Barclay. And we're going to talk some high school sports for about the next 30 minutes. But the first thing we're going to have on the agenda, Henry, you went back and looked at the the live stream of the Gentry game last week in which quarterback Chris Bell, who, by the way, is having a – Phenomenal season. I think Ricky's going to write about him in the Friday edition of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. What a phenomenal season he's having, but a record-setting 99-yard pass in in their game. Yeah, it all gets set up. Gentry has a fourth-down defensive stand at the one to start the second, second quarter. I mean, there's only like six seconds off the clock, and then they line up in a formation where they send three receivers to the left, okay. one man to the right, okay. and it's just an isolation play. The guy takes off, and Chris Bell throws the pass above the outstretched arms of the variable defender right into his receiver's hands at about the 32. And then from there on, he turned. There was no catching him. I mean, by the time he crossed the goal line, there was 30 yards between him and the defender. That, I mean, it was uh, the closest person to him was a, one of his teammates that was running down the sidelines. <laughs> hey, Chip, as you uh, mentioned, um, I'm, I'm doing a story on Chris Bell uh, for Friday's paper, and I, was, I drove up there uh, to Gentry yesterday and talking to Chris. Man, just a great kid, kind of quiet, not a loud mouth like, uh, like us. Like me. Yeah. Yeah, like us. Why yeah. you look at me when you say that? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I mentioned that. I said, man, do you realize that when you're 83 years old, you can tell your grandkid, your great-grandkid that you hold, uh, share the record that will never be broken and you wouldn't be lying about it? You know what? He just kind of said, yeah, that's kind of nice, but I'm focused on this week's game. Ooh, wow. business, handling business. his business. Yeah. Handling his business. So I said, man, that shows a lot of maturity. Here I am in my mid-60s, and I was uh, – uh, yapping and bragging about it, and he's saying, yeah, that's kind of nice, but I, I've got other things to do. You're in the mid-60s still, still uh, talking about the three plays you got to play in high school football when you were in, in school. Oh, I got to play a lot because I was on the kickoff team and, oh, the, there you uh, go. Uh, okay. and the return team. So any game where we did, I, I, sta- I started all ten games because <laughs> we had either kickoff or special, receive. A special teams, uh, absolute special teams hero. Yeah, and – my highlight was when um, we put the hands team up there. I was on the hands team, and they kicked it 
right? We recovered, and I jumped on the guy, my teammate, who recovered it. To that, make sure it stayed there. To make there. sure it stayed yes. there. That you were his bodyguard. That's it. You were bodyguard. I said, don't you all uh, get near. This is our ball. This is so our there's, ball. There's my highlight. Absolutely. So that was a big play last week, a 99-yard, again, touchdown pass in the Gentry game, 35-0 against Berryville. Big, big win. Henry, things are going really well for Gentry right now, and they look to be uh, they they look to be in good shape in the four A one. Yeah, we have already mentioned it. I think we did last week that the four A one is turning out to be a three man race yes. between Ozark, Gentry, and Elkins. Exactly. And eventually, those three have got to play each other in the yep. next few weeks. I so. believe it's a Gentry at Ozark next week. Am I right on that, Leland? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the funny thing about all three of those, I think they all three host one of those games. So yeah. it's nobody has really a scheduling advantage. Yeah. So that's the 4A1 looks straight. Now, let's kick it up to the 7A West where, Rick, you and I had a chance to go to. Well, actually, I missed oh, that game. Oh, that's right. You I missed it. You were, that's right. That's right. Yep. You weren't there. I was there at at Rogers. Now, Leland, Rick mentioned this last week. How And, and Paul, you I don't know, you covered Rogers quite a bit. Yeah. The crowds at Rogers have been fantastic. Absolutely. There's a lot of excitement about Mountie football right now. And for Fayetteville last week, there was another big crowd. It's a packed house at Whitey Smith Stadium on the Rogers side. In Fayetteville, of course, travels very well. Um, Leland, this game would not go down in the books as a well-played game by either team. It was not a well-played game at all. Uh, Rogers turned the ball over five times, uh, three pass interceptions, two fumbles. Fayetteville was penalized, I believe, 12 times, 11 times, something like that, for around 140-something yards. Not a well-played game at all, but still an exciting game. Yes. So to set up the final series of events, uh, Fayetteville had gotten the ball, and and, and they had <clears> – <throat> Rodgers had scored a touchdown. They're down by two. Chad Harvison calls a great play on the two-point conversion, Ricky. The kid gets the ball on like a little toss pass or whatever. It's going to be like a little sort of a little trick play. The receiver was so wide open, no other defender was even in the same area code. And the kid who threw the pass threw a three yard pass to a guy who was five a three yard pass to a guy who was five yards in the oh, open. So, <laughs> yeah. so you're like, ah, oh, oh my gosh, you know. So they have a chance to tie it. They don't. Uh, so it's twenty eight twenty six. Fayetteville gets the ball. Rogers defense stops him, forces a punt. Roger's going to get the ball about three minutes ago, have a chance to possibly go down, score a touchdown, kick a field goal, whatever. And they fumble on the punt return. That's their fifth turnover. They fumble uh. on the punt return. And you're like, oh, well, it was a good run. Pat Rogers on the back. He yep. played Fayetteville a good game. Let's go ahead and let the clock run out, whatever. Well, Rogers' defense rises up again, and they're able to stop Fayetteville. Uh, Fayetteville did get one first down, but but then on the next three, Rogers had a couple timeouts left. They were able to get the clock stopped. And forced, uh, forced another punt. Uh, I'm sorry, got got Fayetteville with to a close fourth and about seven or eight at about the Rogers 35 yard line, something like that, uh, where it was. You know, you go for it on fourth down. If you don't get it, Rogers still has to go the length of the field. What Fayetteville didn't count on was Rogers uh, quarterback uh, Dane Williams, who we've talked about a lot, hits his receiver Grace. I believe it's Grayson Cash or Grayson maybe Cash. first, but I think it's Grayson Cash. Um, for 31 yards, and you're great. They're at they're in Fayetteville territory. Oh, wait a minute. There's a yellow flag on the field after the play. What has happened? Fayetteville, 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct. They tack on 15 more yards. So instead of a 31-yard pass play, it becomes a 46-yard movement of the ball. And Leland, 
seven seconds had elapsed from the clock. They moved 41 yards or 40, 46 yards in seven seconds because of the 15-yard penalty. So now Rodgers is at about the you know 25 or so yard line of Fayetteville. Uh, they get down to the 17, get a holding holding call back to the 27. They throw a pass to get some back inside about the 22. They line up. J.T. Miller lines up, and there was never a doubt. Fayetteville called three timeouts. He didn't blink, went in, and that kick was so right down the middle. I mean, it was it – was, the goalpost could have been one foot wide and the ball would have gone through the uprights. Beautiful kick. J.T. Miller, game winner. The kids are going delirious on the sideline, on the field. Everybody's going, and this kid just over there going, eh. You know, whatever. You know what? You got to give him a lot of credit because I've seen a lot of boinks. Oh yeah. When we saw the Arkansas. Yeah. The oink went from oink 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 yep. boink. Yep. And I've seen it in the the, the Missouri game. <clears throat> uh, a veteran kicker set up for a twenty-two yard and missed it. Missed it. Uh, it was all over the place for a 16, 17-year-old kid with that much pressure on him to come right down the middle. I mean, a lot of credit to him. If you've ever watched golf, if you ever see a guy line up a putt and he, he hits the putt and he knows it's going to go in, so instead of watching it go in the, putt, in the cup, he turns around, walks off the green while the ball walks, goes in the cup. That's kind of a J.T. Miller moment uh, <laughs> on Friday night. He kicked it, turned around, and walked off. And I said, did you know it was good as soon as you kicked it? He goes, well, I knew I kicked it well. It was either going to be short or go through. He said, I didn't, re- I didn't re- really want to see it either way. So- <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I spoke to uh, Chad Harbison last night while working on my notebook, and the thing of it is, uh, Grayson Cash, unfortunately, had that fumble on he the did. punt return. And it wasn't really a real fumble. It was. It, it kind of got it. It looked like he got stripped out of his hands. It did. It, it did. And he, he was trying to hold on to it. it. They had pulled it around. It was He was holding it on his back, actually, yeah. as he was going down, and they and they were able to wrestle it away from him. You know, you know? He, he could have been you know, dejected, the error out of his – but then he comes back, sweet redemption with that yes, pass reception. Absolutely. absolutely. Now, something else, Ricky, in this game. Of course, Rodgers had to use his timeouts, his last timeouts, to get the clock stopped when Fayetteville had the ball, so they had no timeouts left. And uh, this this worked out in Rogers' favor. Uh, they threw a ball, a short pass to uh, I can't remember which guy it was. It might have been Grayson again. It might have been maybe Verster. I don't know. And uh, and and he's caught up kind of in a scrum of tacklers. And uh, you can tell they're pulling at the ball, and the referees are letting the play go on. You know, before they blow the whistle. And Harbison, Chad Harbison, runs out in the field and says, "Are you gonna blow that whistle or not?" <laughs> and they flagged him. Oh. And you're like, oh, my oh, gosh, geez. they just got hit for a 15-yard penalty. They're going to move it back. But he got a warning, not a not a penalty. He got a warning. And uh, so they didn't move the ball. And, and uh, <laughs> they did get a holding penalty after that. But but it could have been, you know, could have been 15 yards farther back. So uh, just a lot of things happen. Like like Tom Brady said, Rick, we've got a lot of stuff going on here. A lot, a lot oh, of stuff ooh, going ooh. on. Hey, let, now let me say this from the flip side. And I wasn't at the game. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. But just looking at the stats and reading your story and hearing some things, after that fumble, after Rodgers fumbled that kick, Fable, man, if they had any kind of running game, they could run, what day, 24 but rushes, here's 31 the th- here's yards? Here's the thing, Rick, they don't. Uh, they, they just they don't. they got to get a running they game going. They just don't. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, Henry, you saw, you watched the replay of the game. Yeah. I want to tell you a huge swing in that game. Fayetteville has the ball about midfield. They throw a pass out to uh, the receiver, uh, Keelan Morris, um, and he goes goes for uh, a touchdown. It's a touchdown. But you look back, there's a flag on the play for offensive pass interference, and then there's another flag on the play for an unsportsmanlike conduct. 
So not only does Fayetteville not get the touchdown, they're 30 yards back behind from where they started. I think they ended up with a – didn't they have a third and 44? Well, that would be – yeah, would, so that's 30 of it right there, you know, on, yeah. on back-to-back. Then those – you know, 15-yard penalties killed – I mean, they killed Fayetteville in this game. They absolutely crushed them, you know, and that's what allowed Rodgers to have five turnovers and Fayetteville to, 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 and to still yeah. win the game because Fayetteville just took a, a, a gun out and just kept shooting itself in the foot over and over and over again. You know, Chip, you, you and I, I think, talked about it Friday night a little bit. Some of those penalties, you kind of go, oh, you know, it's just part of it. But unsportsmanlike conduct, yeah, yeah. that that's a controllable. You yeah. know, we talked exactly. about control yeah. the controllables. Yeah, well, keep that's your emotions con- in check. That's right. Yeah, keep that's your right. emotions in check. Um, well, and you talked about Rogers' five turnovers. Yeah, they also dropped another fumble. They did. That ended up being a touchdown. Ended up being a touchdown. Yeah, that's right. It actually, was another fumble that uh, that Ty Cunningham. It hits the ground, kind of pops up. He scoops it up and goes, and goes, you know, fifty Excellent. yards uh, for for one of their what three touchdowns? I guess four touchdowns. However many they had, I guess four. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, just so many different things in the game. So how does Casey Dick get his team back refocused again um, and you know keep moving forward? Because that's a gut. That's a that's a gut punch. You know, losing a game like that's a gut punch. Uh, Rogers, as Henry writes about in his notebook this week, uh, they have another big game. It's su- going to be a succession of them. Yep. And Bentonville West, you know, they lost to Fayetteville in a game. Brian Pratt feels like they didn't. You know, they could have played a whole lot better. In he gets his troops rallied around, and they absolutely stifled Springdale Friday night, forty-one nothing. And so they're looking their chops, waiting for Rogers to come in because this is a chance for Bentonville West to get right back in the middle of things. Yeah, exactly, because uh, as soon as the game was over, and I was attempting to write my story, I was having internet issues, but Brian Pratt says, hey, we're back in it right now. He says, Mm -hmm. all we have to do is win out and hope Bentonville beats Fayetteville or somebody else beats Fayetteville. We're the number one seed. Yeah, yeah exactly. See, that's fun for us, yeah, yeah. watching these teams that kind of beat up on each other. Uh, Bettenville West, her problem against Rod, Rod, uh, uh, Fayetteville, they got behind 28 to nothing. Yeah. They played a lot better in the second they did. half. They but, did. Uh, uh, I don't think they would do that at home against Rodgers. It's going to be a great game, I think. Uh, Rodgers, again, we talked about this, Paul. Uh, man, major props to Chad Harbison yeah. um, in that program, man. They are, they are really – you know, really playing well. The kids are, you know, he he's able to recruit some kids out of the hallways to come yes, help them. Uh, Ty Cunningham and, and his and his brother uh, Cam Cunningham. Uh, the, you know, Jacob Jenkins having a great. You know, uh, those those are kids. He just found some kids walking the hallways or playing in other sports and said, "Hey, come out and play football." And they've helped them. And he did it before with the good with Seldom Ridge. He did the same thing with yes. Seldom Ridge. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, he's been able to convince kids that were like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I, I just want to play whatever to, hey, come out and try football. I think you can help us, and we need we need you. you know? Exactly. That's what Springdale needs to get going, Ricky, at their schools. They need to recruit those kids. Now, he was able to uh, – Brett Hobbs was able to get the big Tevin uh, basketball player, the big basketball player, which, by the way, Springdale basketball is going to be very good. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but anyway, uh, got him to come out to play football. He's got to get more of those kids. He's got to walk the hallways and, and, and pull those kids over. To, hey, man, you know, this is Red Dog football. We, we need, need you. you. I saw some of those kids in soccer, yeah. some of those uh, great athletes in soccer. Yeah. But you know what? Good for Rod. They've been beat down. You know, I've, I've done it myself. I mean, from that 2006 when they split the schools, I mean, they're, they're, uh, a lot of losses, but they're gradually coming back. 
uh, Rodgers won what nine games last year. Yep, and it's just a carryover. Yep. Five and zero already. Yeah, so good for them. So the seven A West: Henry Bentonville, of course, uh, undefeated. Rodgers undefeated, and then West with one loss, Fayetteville with one loss, and I think Springdale, Springdale with, one, with loss. one loss. Rogers Heritage with, with one, one loss. loss. So it's going to be a log jam. Um, yeah, how about Roger Heritage and Rogers went in on the same night? What, exactly. When was the last time? 1871, I, had, I think he said. Aired a little bit. Uh, close. close. Cover, covered wagon days. Yeah, covered wagon yeah. days. It was actually in 2013. Well, was the 2013, last 1871. Time. Close. Close. Yeah, it's close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to go back when Benton, there was no Bentonville West, right. yeah. and we had these blended conferences. That's right. So, yeah. And it was the 7A, 6A West. Yeah. Uh, was it, so, like uh, Siloam Springs was in it and some others? Siloam Springs was the only 6A school in a conference with seven, yeah. 7A schools. That's oh. when they threw up their hands and said, we will travel however, however far we <laughs> need to travel far. to be in 6A and not in 7A. Um, so that that's what the 7A West is looking like. Now, Leland, let's talk about the 6A West. He can't hear me. He's thinking about it. Um. Well, I was still thinking about the 7A West. <laughs> you know, you talked about Fayetteville, Rogers, Bentonville West, and Bentonville. I think it's going to come down to, to which of those teams, and Bentonville West is, you know, their running game has maybe lacked at times. Fayetteville obviously can be very explosive. Rogers wins the game when they have five turnovers. So which offense is going to be the most consistent? Don't know. Don't and that probably still comes down to Bentonville because they do have by far the best running back in the yeah. conference, and that's Josh Ficklin. Well, I will say and this, the best defense. Well, I will say this about Fayetteville too, Rick. Um, and I'm telling Casey how to do his job a little bit here, Casey Dick. But I'm telling you, Delamar needs to get his hands on the ball as much as possible. Oh, yeah. And I don't care how they would use him as a running back, a slot guy, receiver, whatever. That kid is explosive, and he's not very big. But yep. it very very seldom does one person bring him down. Mm-hmm. He he's he he is a playmaker. Well, in Friday night, uh, DeLamar, Morris, and McKinney all combined for thirty catches. Yes. So that's a boy. That's a dangerous dangerous trio. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely they are. Um, so six A West, Leland. Six A West. Six A West. I mean, it's a three team race. I mean, we've thought that. I guess at the beginning of the year, we thought it might be a four team with Little Rock Christian. But now Little Rock Christian has lost to two of the big three. Right. So it's again, it's it's Greenwood. Lake Hamilton is very, very good. I saw them for the first time this year, you know, Friday night. Yeah. Uh very good. And then of course, you know, Pulaski Academy is right. Pulaski Academy. But it's it's a three team race. Greenwood is off this week. This is their open week. Yep. And then of course they've got two of the big ones uh coming up, including Lake Hamilton at home. At home. Next week. Yeah, yep. That's it's big. Um, so the six A West, like Leland said, it's it's looking like three teams, uh, and they're three very good teams, and they're three teams that that uh, two of those three teams probably going to be host, holding the big trophy up. Uh, in well, and Lake Hamilton has added a passing game this year, and that's scary. That's scary. You know, and yeah, you're right because they uh, they're you know they've always been or for the most part been pretty one-dimensional so if they get behind by 21 points you know well they can throw the ball this year but hunter houston continues to have a tremendous season for uh greenwood he was on friday night 
He was 38 of 46 for 344 yards and a touchdown, which actually raised his completion percentage one point. Wow. To what? 89, to 78. It, it, okay. It's 78.4 now, wow. I think, which is, which is just tremendous. And, you know, and I know a lot of teams now are doing that little fly sweep where they toss the ball forward. Yeah. So, yeah, there's always uh, That was created by kind of who? Rick Jones at Greenwood? Did he's the one who first started doing that? Ronnie well, Peacock. he was the first one, and actually he got that. He went to a summer football camp at Oklahoma State. Okay. And came back from that, and he started going to the officials before games and saying, hey, this is what we're going to be doing, so be sure and watch for it, because if the ball hits the ground, it's because passes. it is forward, yeah. It's, a, it's an incomplete pass and therefore not a fumble. Right. Even though the pass so, is like an eight-inch pass. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, and at I the believe most. Drew, Drew Morgan was the benef- beneficiary of a lot of those. A uh, lot of those. And all it is is the old, uh, you know, whether it's the the power eye or whatever it is, Queen it's key. just the old sweep. Yeah, just a jet, like play. a jet. Sort of a jet but, sweep, and but I know quarterbacks it. are benefiting from that some, but you know Hunter Houston is still completing close to eighty percent of his passes, yeah. and most of them are not fly sweeps. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about the five A West. Farmington, what a great bounce back win for them at home last week. Big gave Alma its first loss. Now they're dealing with the loss of Cameron Van Zandt at quarterback, but our boy Sam Wells, Ricky played well, and they ran the ball really well. You know what? Of all the uh, man, I missed some last. You know, I picked Fable, Fable um, uh, lost. I picked uh, Harrison and, and Prairie Grove. But the one I was really shocked at that Alma uh, uh, lost to Farmington. Farmington, you know, needing a playmaker. You know, they got they got their second straight. Even though uh, Sam Wells doing a great job, yeah. he's still the backup. But there's a Russell Hodge, a little sophomore, come in there, four touchdowns, over 100 yards rushing, and, and they take care of business. Uh, J.R., you, you know, you knew they was going to have him ready, but I thought Alma would have too much for him, uh, but they didn't. And just the Cardinals just really took care of business there. Absolutely. Are you surprised by that score? I'm really not, Henry. Were you? Sur- I'm not. I'm not surprised for it because you know Jr. You know he he's now had essentially three weeks to get ready, you know, to prepare with Cameron Van Zant being out because he was injured in the Rogers game. Mm-hmm. They had the week off, you know, the bye week. Last week they went to Harrison Ricky, and they they were just a couple plays away. In that game, from from tying that game, and you know whatever, so they were they were they were in that Harrison game the whole way. Um, got them back home, another week to get ready. A little sophomore running back emerges, and uh, yeah, you know there's there's a reason why he's if he's not the best coach in the state, he's certainly in that conversation. Like Bum Phillips used to say about Earl Campbell, he may not be in a class by himself, but it don't take long to call roll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I was kind of you know. Not surprised Farmington won. I was surprised by the margin of victory. I okay. thought it would be a closer game than forty-three to eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the whole five... the whole thing surprised me. The score, who won, everything. Yep. You know, except and I know the game was at Farmington, but I think the biggest thing you guys talk about, you know, the offense and all this. You know, they held Alma to one hundred eighty-six yards of offense and eleven first downs. Yeah. Not as dominant as Bentonville West against Springdale, but pretty pretty dominant. Um, so the 5A West, um, you're looking at Shiloh and Prairie Grove, both at 2-0. Who would imagine? Yeah. You know, please raise your hand up if you would have thought, after two weeks, the two teams that are on the top of the 5A West standings are two of the three newcomers. Shiloh, right, not, right, get your hand out. Shiloh not surprising. <laughs> Prairie Grove didn't know how they would adjust to the move up. 
But they have handled it very well. Because why, Ricky? Because they're just big, tough, strong country boys yeah, over and they there. Scared. They're not scared of anybody. They're gonna punch you in the mouth. And uh, that's what a lot of the five A West teams are gonna learn. And, and uh, is that when when you line up against Prairie Grove, you're gonna get punched every play. And, yeah. and, and what a way how to win it. Harrison had lined up for a very short field goal attempt. I think it was 22, 23 yards. Somebody got in there and blocked it. Yep. So now Prairie Grove gets the ball back with like 30 seconds left. There's not much time. We're going to overtime. And you're we'll, thinking, we'll, yeah. we're going to go into overtime. And that's when the master himself, Danny Abshire, dug in his bag of tricks and says, He kept hmm. this play tucked underneath the seat of his lawnmower, Ricky. He kept this <laughs> yeah. just, for this, just for this time. Hey, this looks interesting. Let's give it a shot. Pulled out a flea flicker and turns out to a 68-yard touchdown with 14 seconds left. Okay, tell me again. What is a flea flicker? Is That's where he hands the ball off to the running back. To the running but back. But before he crosses the line, he turns and he flips it back to the quarterback back. and okay. then throws the pass. Okay. And the, uh, the receiver, I'm not sure who it was, caught it. But the two Harrison defenders collided oh. and fell, and it was a clean sail to the oh, end. Like wow. That's like a Three Stooges show there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for Danny and them. You know, they always talk about, oh, it's so simplistic. They run that wing tee. When, you know what? When it comes crunch time, he's got other options. He does. He does. And, you know, there's a reason why, what, Leland, he's won, a 200, he's won 200 games, uh, had much success there. Ricky, you've written about him. Uh, this just in, in case you didn't know it, Danny Absher can coach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> I think the biggest surprise was the fact that they had to go tell him that they were moving up to the 5A West one day while he was out on his lawn tractor. I think and Henry, he Henry's the one that broke it to I him. I was the one that called him. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even – he didn't know it beforehand. He wasn't really keeping up with the stuff, and he just kind of ho-hum, oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll, uh, you know, we'll adjust our schedule. There you yeah. go. There you go. So the 5A West looking good. The 4A1, we've already talked about that, uh, shaping up to be a three-team race. Elkins uh, got a big game from Deshaun Chairs again last week. Uh, big win there. Elkins, Ozark, Gentry. Now let's kick it down to the 3A1, Leland, where Boonville running back Dax wow. Goff ran for three a – a school not – a, not a new record. A school, school. record, 300-plus yards last week. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, had a monster game. He also had, um, you know, a kickoff return and some other all-purpose yards. Ended up with 20 touches for 380 yards, including 307 rushing yards uh, school record. You know, so they're, they continue to roll, and, you know, they run the football. That's what they do there. And, you know, we had the big story on Johnny Barnes last week, yep. and uh, they've got three senior linemen that have experience, another senior lineman that has really come on uh, this year. So they're they're very good. And, of course, Charleston's right there, you they know, are. with them. They're they're lurking. Uh, Lavaca, a big win against huge. Tackett on Friday night. Huge, huge, huge one. They're 5-0 and for the first time since, what, 05? 2005, wow. yes. The Arrows with their uh, new turf. Got that new turf magic going on over there. So lots of good football going on. We are now at past the uh, the halfway post on the race uh, in the regular Isn't that season. Amazing? It is amazing. I mean, if you don't make the playoffs, which you know, a lot of teams still don't, you're halfway through your year, especially for a, your senior. You're a senior. You said, "Man, I got five games left five in games my left. career." Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yep. So we are past. We are now past the halfway point. This week marks the we're week six 
Uh, or week seven or week eight. or It's the sixth week of play, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sixth week of play. Whatever they call it. Uh, so, anyway, that's good. Conference races are shaping up. Henry, this week we have had the uh, boys 6A state golf going on at Fayetteville. Uh, Cabot held a, a, a couple of stroke lead after the first round there. Uh, Ricky covered the Chili Pepper last week. What a great race by the Bentonville move-in. Henry, who you talked about, too, a little bit. Haley Lowe, yeah, uh, Lowey, she pronounced it. Lowey, okay, yeah. uh, ran the third fastest time by high school runner in the history of the Chili Pepper. Now that's saying something. Yes, it is. That is saying something. So we've got that, and then the next next big cross country we got coming up will be the conference meet coming up the end of this month, I believe, in Rogers again. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, they host it every year. Uh, our boy over there, Eford, hosts that and does a great job. So we've got that going on. And then we'll have the state cross-country meet in November at Oaklawn Park. Paul, we're down to the final two weeks of the regular season in uh, volleyball. Uh, and the 6A West Conference is a two-team race. Yes. Uh, well, it's really a one-team race. Well, actually, yeah, because yeah, uh, Harbor took one on the chin. So, yeah. so that kind of – so south side – Harbor, there's a little more space little there. Gap there, yep, yep. Uh, but there is, there's definitely a gap between Fayetteville and everybody else. There's a gap between Fayetteville and a whole lot of teams across the country. Oh yeah. Uh, so got that, got that going on. Rogers will be hosting the yes. 6A State Rogers Volleyball. School, yes. Yep, Rogers High School at their uh, two-year-old arena. Uh, will be hosting the 6A State Volleyball. So we we'll want to catch that. Also, is it Mansfield hosting the 2A yes. State Volleyball? I said, I said that wrong. They told me yet last night it will be at Heritage. I'm sorry. Oh, at Rogers sorry. Heritage. It will be okay. at Heritage. At Heritage. Well, yeah. You got the yeah. first part right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we've got that going on. And uh, we got the uh, uh, state tennis coming up. Uh, we've got uh, uh, overall golf coming up here in a couple of weeks. So it's the fall is a rapidly wrapping up. Hey, how about the uh, Harbor girls with the new coach this year? Won yeah, their third straight fantastic, fantastic, great job for Rip Tim Rippy over there yep. in his first season over at Harbor as the golf coach. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, we're talking back, uh, Henry. In, in, in two weeks, the non-football playing schools will start their basketball seasons. I, uh, Paul, I was down uh, on the sideline down at Rogers the other night talking to David Farrell was down there. Um, he's got. Is it son-in-law or something who coaches at Rogers? Son-in-law, yeah, yeah, it is his son-in-law. Okay. It's funny. I was at I was at volleyball at Heritage last night, and I was sitting. Tom Olson came up okay. and sat next to me, so we we did a little visiting yeah. about basketball too. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's not it won't be long. Leland, we got the schedule for the big tournament that Northside's going to be hosting, big uh, boys basketball tournament over there, or classic, or whatever they're calling it. Um, over there at their beautiful new arena at Fort Smith Northside, uh, they've got some national level teams coming in. Uh, so it's it's a uh, it's it's. I mean, we're here. It's October the what the fourth, the fifth, whatever today is, and uh, it's moving on. It's uh, it's that fun time of the year. You know, Hackett improved to twenty six and one in volleyball. Yep. Greenwood uh, volleyball. The girls are in first place still in the five A West. Uh, so a lot of neat stuff. Uh, County Line has already announced they're going to have their basketball homecoming two weeks from Friday. Oh wow, that'll be that'll be fantastic. Well, I know Paul is rubbing his hands over here. He's he'll be going down to Hot Springs for us to cover the state championship volleyball matches, um, in addition to covering the state tournament at Rogers. So Paul's excited about that. And uh, man, it's just uh, 
We should, you know, uh, you were talking about state volleyball. We should have several teams oh, yeah. up in this neck of the woods who uh, who might be all playing on the, what the 29th yeah. of October on that Saturday down at uh, Bank Ozark Arena down at Hot Springs uh, for state championships. So lots of good stuff going on. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, this is the best time of the year. Ricky, it's it's getting a little bit cooler in the evenings. It's still a little bit warm in the daytime. Not not Leland warm, but 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 warm in the daytime. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Leland, what else in the River Valley is going on? I want to before you get going, I want to promo a little story that Leland is working on for the Sunday River Valley Democrat Gazette. Yes, there is such a thing. Yes, it does publish every Sunday. But Adam Cheek, the football coach at Subiaco Academy, a former police officer. Now, Paul. Adam Cheek, you don't know this. You've not met him. You weren't down at the media day down in Fort Smith. When Adam Cheek walks in a room, he blocks out the whole room. That's how big he is. <laughs> big old boy. He's a big old boy. Uh, so he is the football coach at Subiaco Academy. I don't know what's his size. Lead. He's he's six four, six five, and goes about three and a half bills. Yeah, he. Uh, it's Adam Creek. Adam and, Creek. Uh, he sorry. played. He played his high school ball at Waldron. Okay. And then he went to SAU and was all. GAC tied in there, okay. and he was listed there as 6'4", 280. He's eaten a few and, more cheeseburgers since then. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, he's still uh, close to that. He yeah. uh, It's funny, he, he commands a presence, certainly, on the yeah. football field, but his players just um, absolutely love playing for him. And, and he's really enjoying this transition from law enforcement yes. to high school football. Yeah. Yep, and it's a great story, and Leland was able to find that, a great, great story about a guy down there who uh, is in his second career. And, uh, and, and when I, we talked to him at Media Day, he was really eating it up. He, you know, he was loving it there, and, and uh, so we wish nothing but good things for him. But Leland will have that story in Sunday's River Valley Democrat Gazette. Now, Ricky, you're working on a story on Chris Bell, yes. the quarterback at Gentry, who has the Pioneers off to a 5-0 and start. Yeah, and a perfect conference record. He was he threw, accounted for six touchdowns in a game a couple of weeks ago, and was the player of the week for the uh, Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon. Was the player of the week, and then he goes and one ups that with his ninety nine yard touchdown pass last week. So Ricky, I don't know what he's going to do for an encore, but I'm guessing he's probably got something planned. Well, um, they got uh, Green Forest, and you know they, they just he's not worried about the number. They're just going to win that game, and then you know Ozark. But, yeah, I'm still adding up his stats. Uh, you know, they did most of it for me, but I'm not even smart enough. I just got to add about nine, 12 numbers up, and then there we go. But he's had a fantastic year, yep. a great kid. And, of course, he credits everybody else, credits his coaches. Uh, uh, they've been down uh, Gentry for a little bit, but now they're back up with the new coaching staff. So uh, looking forward to see what Gentry can do Doing a great job the year. Henry, I believe they're getting a new turf field next year. That is correct. Uh, yeah. They're getting new turf. Huntsville is getting new turf. There you go. And uh, Gravit just got theirs this year. And man, it is it is gorgeous. Yeah, it That's really the is. Best that way was to put it. It was already a beautiful football stadium. You know, it, it was a beautiful football stadium when they built it. Did a great job over there. Uh, Gravit, Ricky, I don't I don't know if you've seen their new basketball arena. Again, beautiful, Be- mm-hmm. beautiful. They did a great job there. Uh, so 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 lucky to be living in this region where yeah. high school where high schools are doing this for their kids, putting their kids first. Um, and uh, man, 
you know, Shallow Christian's building a new indoor over there. Uh, Shallow Christian's also, Leland, don't know if you knew this or not, they're now completely turfing their baseball field. They're going to have two turfed fields. They're going to have the, their, their playing field, normal, normal field, is uh, completely turfed now, infield and outfield. And then a secondary field next to it's going to have turf. Now, I don't know what that represents. Does that represent that Shiloh may be offering softball at some point? I don't know. I need to talk to Jeff Conaway and find out what that what that means. Uh, but Or maybe they're going to be hosting tournaments or something. I don't know. But they'll have the facility to do it. If you've never been over there to Shiloh, uh, on the back side of their campus over there, on the other side of Cross Church is where their baseball and cross-country uh, facilities are. And uh, so they are uh, in the middle of, of, of these two turf projects, and uh, when they get that done, it'll be it'll be really nice over there too. Well, this is all well and good, and it's, it's great, but I'll be disappointed if Prairie Grove has to go to the uh, turf because I want my man uh, well, Danny Absher out there on his lawnmower fertilizing, watering, and taking care of that beautiful grass well, Henry, field. There'll be grass. Who? I mean, other than I can't. Who? Who else is going to have a grass? Let's surface? see. In, in the five A West, Dardnell has still has grass. Okay, uh, but that other than that, everybody else is turf. Yeah, I, and I'm thinking about up here. They're they're the la, are they the last school? Could be to have grass. And, and that was actually on the school board agenda back in August, but it got tabled. I can't imagine Danny. So, I can't imagine Danny going 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 for turf. I can't. Nah. Uh, It'd be interesting to see who the last one with turf, Boonville or Prairie Grove. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't imagine Prairie Grove doing it uh, because when the elements get bad and it gets muddy and whatever, that's Prairie Grove football. Yeah, you know, it's and, advantage. And, and I know that was Alma football too, and they now have you know they have turf, but. Uh, I'm going to bet you if Frank Vines were still the coach at Alma, they wouldn't have turf. I bet you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So, don't know how much longer Danny will hang in there, but I'm I'm thinking as long as Danny's in there, they're not putting any carpet on that field. Last of Mohicans. Yeah. And I would imagine, Ricky, at some point, when that time comes, Henry – that they'll move that football stadium to the, where the new high school is. I would well, imagine. Well, they just built a new uh, middle school over there, and they got a big old field right there. Yeah. They, they bought that uh, just looking toward the future, and I can envision a new stadium yeah. over there. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say this. At least the media can still get in the press box at Prairie Grove, unlike some other stadiums around. Absolutely. Yeah. Hint, hint slightly to the east. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so that's all I've got for today. That's all the wisdom of what little I was able to bring to the table today. That's all I've got. Leland, any parting words? No, just, uh, you know, you guys talked, and we talked about it a lot, you know, that 4A1, and we know the 7A West is always going to come down to the end. Uh, the 6A West, you know, it's you can always tell the big players in it. And, you know, and I love watching the 3A1 because we know what it's going to be every oh, yeah. year, too, and it's mostly a local local conference, but that 4A1 race, that's going to be, I think, yeah, the one yeah. to watch because, you know, most of the time we start looking at the schedules in July and August and yeah. start kind of thinking about the games that we think we're going to cover and stuff. I did not have the Gentry at Ozark game as being one of the biggest games of the season. Yeah, well, it is going to be a big one. So that is it for this week's Prep Rally podcast, and we always appreciate you being here and listening with us. Uh, stay with us as we bring you high school sports from around the region uh, every week. 
I don't know how much knowledge we bring you, but maybe we bring you a little bit. What you know, we try to give you something you can learn every time, because you know, even even an old dog like Ricky Fires can learn a new trick every now and then. He goes, here, boy, here, boy, here, boy, here, boy. It's a bunch of like good old boys sitting yes, at the co-op. It That's is. all it is. It is. It is. Or over at Frederick's in Prairie Grove. Yeah. There you go. Best burger. I've, been, putting, I've, I've, I've had put, a few. I'm putting it up there, Ricky. So thanks for being with us. This has been the Prep Rally Podcast. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.